Live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good, good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Justin Brown, and today I'm joined by my wonderful producer, Joey Gonzalez, and my co-host, Thomas Terry and David Castaneda. We got a super exciting show planned for today where we'll talk about Texas State sports. But before we jump in, let's throw it to Thomas for a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio, located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you very much, Thomas. So let's start our show today by talking about Texas State football as they are warming up tonight inside, I mean, tomorrow inside Centennial Bank Stadium to face against the Arkansas State Red Wolves at 2 p.m. This team is 5-5, five and five and the Bobcats are 6-4. and four. The Bobcats are coming off one of their toughest games of the season statistically where they took a 23-31 to 31 loss against Coastal Carolina with only 87 passing yards from Hornsby and Finley combined. So, guys, I want to hear y'all's thoughts off that last game, their performance against Coastal Carolina. How are they going to turn this thing around when they're facing against five and five teams like Arkansas State Red Wolves this week and South Alabama next week? Yeah, I believe this is a get right point for the Bobcats. I know it was a rough outing for TJ Finley, which ultimately led to his benching for that game. But Coach Kenny had already said, you know, TJ Finley is still the starter and everything. Malik Hornsby performed quite well in his I guess, replacement of him with using his legs and getting those rushing touchdowns and everything. But really, they need to clean up on the penalties. If As long as they can clean up the penalties and play a clean game, they'll have a great shot to win this game. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Hornsby. He had 62 rushing yards and two touchdowns. And combining that with his four, uh, 32 passing yards, it was a bit of a game for him, you know, checking in for Finley, who was sacked three times in this game. Also, something important to note, Ishmael Mahdi, who is second in the nation all-purpose yards, averages 165 per game. He only got held to 99, so that also played a factor in it, don't you think, Joey? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is a team that has an All-American running back in Ishmael Mahdi. Would not be surprised if he was one of the first All-Americans in years for this Bobcat program. I mean, the Texas State running game, you could see, if you look at the numbers, I mean, you got a 99, Malik Hornsby, 62 yards rushing. So this is a Bobcat team who could run the football, but they need to find a way to get it going through the air again. I mean, TJ Finley, we've seen flashes of excellence. I mean, during the last home game, it seemed like TJ Finley cannot throw an incomplete pass, and then he goes to Coastal, and, I mean, you look at the numbers, 6 for 11 on 49 yards, not going to win you a whole lot of football games. So if they could get Finley going in the air consistently, there's a Bobcat team who could be dangerous both through the air and on the ground. Yeah, I have to agree, and, Joey, we were talking about it earlier this week that um, this really came as a surprise to me, guys, because Texas State, after coming off their bowl-eligible win, you know, you'd think that the pressure is off, that, you know, they were going to cruise. They're going to go back to what we've been seeing in the beginning of the season from them. But that was not the case against Coastal Carolina. Another thing I discussed um, is that Coastal Carolina is a team that has been in the spotlight for what seems like five years now. Uh, they've 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 been doing good. They've had the success, although 
you know, it may not be the same players. Uh, I, I feel like the coaching staff and some of the players there have been in this position before. So I think last week's game was just a, a matter of Coastal Carolina being the better team that night um, or that day, excuse me. But something I also want to look at is that it's no surprise that the best teams right now are the teams that Texas State is losing to are the best ranked teams on defense. We talk about Troy, James Madison, Coastal Carolina. Those are all teams in the top five. So, you know, if Texas State has played a good – if Texas State plays a good defense, you know, they're likely not going to come out on top. That being said, they're still ranked number one in the Sun Belt in total offense. So, I mean, I think they're going to be all right. I mean, I do agree with that. I mean, the big points about these, these teams defensively they have lost against have been very powerful on the defensive side. But, you know, one thing I liked about this game, and I want to hear y'all's thoughts on this, is the inclusion of Hornsby more in the game. We haven't seen a lot of this. Um, me and Joey have always think it's maybe Kenny's secret weapon to throw out at the time is where it's, where it's necessary. But do you think Hornsby getting more reps in this game against Arkansas State will be really important against their big matchup against South Alabama, a game that's going to be on NFL Network here Jim Wacker Field. I want to hear y'all's thoughts. Should Hornsby be played more in this next game, or just keep the same, uh, you know, usage? I think you you got to stick with the hot hand. Whoever gives your chance, whoever gives your team the best chance to win, that's who you have to stick with, in my opinion. Whether that's T.J. Finley through the air or Malik Hornsby, whether he can get it going through the air or using his specialty of his legs on the ground, you have to do what's best for the team in order to win ball games. Now we can't forget as well, Malik Hornsby comes from background coming from a Power Five program at the mm -hmm. University of Arkansas, mm -hmm. so he is no stranger to having to put in the work and trying to earn his spot and everything, trying to get the play time. You know, it's just not giving. You, it's earned. Here's my thing. I want to see Malik Hornsby throw the football because it seems every single time he comes in, especially the games that we've seen outside of this coastal game, it's just a wildcat offense or a media quarterback draw. I mean, let the guy throw the football. I mean, two weeks ago, he came in for one play and threw an incomplete pass. It was off, he was running to the right side. So it makes sense why it's a difficult pass. But let this guy throw the football. What does it? What arm does he have? Thomas has mentioned he played at Arkansas, so clearly he could throw bombs. There's clips on the internet of him doing it, but it's constantly running the football. And if teams start to realize, oh, Malik Horns being the game, what's going to happen? It's a run play. I mean, it doesn't doesn't create any um, shock to these teams. So if they're going to keep using Malik Hornsby, at least let him throw the football so then that teams can kind of think twice before they just go completely, let's go after the quarterback. Maybe a play action type of play. Play action. Maybe just a straight up shotgun pass. That yeah. could work too. I, I don't know. <laughs> just Y'all tell me something. No, I, I agree with you, Joey. I think that you gotta, you gotta mix it up a little bit uh, because if you just start bringing Hornsby when it's going to be a running play, design running play for him, um, I mean, I've seen cases where, you know, they run different plays, not designed for Hornsby when he's in the game. But I agree, RPOs looks like the way to go. I know it's not really in G.J. Kenny's kind of style of offense as far as getting him the reps. I agree. And it's kind of a slippery slope when you talk about that because you don't want to shatter a quarterback's confidence. Like T.J. Finley, man, I, I, I firmly believe that this guy is, like, solidified number one. But as y'all mentioned, Hornsby came from the SEC. You know, he's no joke. Uh, obviously, he had to play behind K.J. Jefferson in Arkansas, so that kind of sucks. He's never had his moment to shine, but I think Kenny could uh, could work him in there without without shattering Finley's confidence. I think that's, that's key for, uh, for the Bobcats. 
you know, this offense, we we can talk all day about what they need to do, maybe going through Hornsby more, maybe doing some better plays for him. But we have to talk about how the, great this offense been overall. Mac Lefwich, the offensive coordinator for this team, Tuesday he was announced as a nominee for the 2023 Broyles Award for one of the best assistant co- best assistant coaches in college football. I don't know, it choked on a hairball there. <laughs> um, but, yes, you know, he's led this team to one of the best offenses in the country. They're 21st in the country. Country, averaging you know 34.9 points per game and 463 yards per game but that's actually 13th in the nation there and uh you know this team is very powerful he's led his you know this team to to some great offensive stats we see ishmael Mahdi. he has over 1645 all-purpose yards and joey hobert has 804 yards with 64 catches so this team has the offensive pieces and how much credit could you give to mac leftwich for that i mean I was going to give a little bit more credit to G.J. Kinney because, I mean, this is a guy who's just completely transformed this Bobcat program. You look at his success at UIW last year, top 15 in the nation in um, in offensive scoring. I mean, I believe UIW is averaging over 50 points a game. I mean, it is tough to beat teams that are averaging that high scoring. And then G.J. Kinney brought in all these pieces, the coaching staff as well. So, I mean, you got to give give credit to Coach Leftwich as well, Coach Kinney. I mean, all these pieces are coming together, and it's just so fun to see a Bobcat team who can show up every single night and score so many points. Yeah, I mean, I I appreciate that shout-out to Coach Leftwich because, honestly, when you said that name, it kind of rung a bell about, I don't know if you remember Byron Leftwich. He was the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers during the Brady days and everything, and we know how explosive that offense and everything was. So, I mean, just to see the similarities of how explosive both of these offenses are, of course, Joey, it all comes together with G.J. Kinney obviously getting the players and everything to buy into this system. So, honestly, all around, just great offense. Yes, I mean, this great offense has a chance to showcase its true colors tomorrow at 2 p.m. against the Arkansas State Red Wolves. But we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll be discussing Texas State Volleyball entering the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back inside KTSW Studios here. This is Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Justin Brown, alongside Thomas Terry, David Castaneda, and our producer, Joey Gonzalez. Now let's talk about another team. The Texas State volleyball team is 12 and four, and they are just coming off of a two round bye in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. And now they're going to be facing off against the Marshall Thundering Herd, who is five and 12 tonight at 7 p.m. Before we talk about this upcoming game against Marshall and this tournament, we must note the great finish the Bobcats had to their season. They finished the season on a great win streak, and they won over a really tough team, Coastal Carolina. I mean, my apologies, they were not on a win streak, but they did get a win over Coastal Carolina, a 3-1 win over Coastal Carolina, the best team in the East Division. And in this game, we saw K.J. Johnson get 15 kills, 15 digs, Ryan Torres of 48 assists, and another great game from Bailey Hanner, who has really shown up, led the game in blocks the first one, and she had a great performance offensively in the second game against coastal but guys thoughts on this volleyball team you know sean hewitt can always get this group to the tournament and he usually leads them all the way to the championship is this going to be another year for the bobcat volleyball team? yeah justin six straight sunbelt conference championship appearances for this texas a volleyball team that transitions from karen chisholm and coach hewitt um but just going back to what you're saying about that winning streak not exactly winning streak, but nine, won nine of their last 10 games. I mean, this is a season that didn't start 
on the hottest note. I mean, they did have some notable wins, like the wins against uh, number 13, Houston. So, I mean, they they got hot at the right time, especially in sports like baseball. You talk about getting hot at the right time and very similar to volleyball right now. I think they could take care of business tonight. But my concern right now is going into the next game, which would be tomorrow on Saturday. They'll likely ho- or they'll likely play JMU out in Foley. And as we know, Texas State Athletics struggles against those Monarchs. Since joining the Sunbelt Conference, Texas State, is one and three all time against the JMU Dukes, including a loss last year in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game. A little concerns right now for that volleyball team, but as I said, they're getting hot at the right time, and hopefully they can ride that wave into the semifinals tomorrow. Well, Joey, if you're concerned about anything that has to do with brackets, then I'm concerned. You are the guy who guessed the March Madness <laughs> last year. So I hope you're not concerned about Texas State volleyball, but uh, rightfully so. On the other hand, um, you know, you got to take care of business against Marshall. That's a team who didn't have a positive win percentage, but I believe, yeah, so they've they've won one game or they've won one set to get to this point. Um, and yeah, you're right. We got JMU more than likely going into the next set, but you know, we got to stay focused on this set, take care of business because if you remember different sport, but last year in basketball, Marshall didn't take care of business against us. So, um, yeah, just take care of business. Don't look ahead to JMU, even though they're really good. And, uh, I think we'll be all right. I like what both of you guys are saying, Joey and David. He took the words right out of my mouth, actually, David. And, Joey, what you were talking about, getting hot at the right time, especially in a sport like baseball, making that comparison, Mm -hmm. what you don't want to do is, like David said, overlook this team because Marshall could be getting hot at the right time. Mm -hmm. Ignore the record that they had in the regular season. It's about what you're doing right now. And Marshall, you know, winning and progressing – they're hot at the right time. And I'm wondering just how much this break, this extended break yeah. for Texas State, how much is that going to affect them going into this matchup tonight against Marshall? Whereas if they would have just continued playing off of that win from Coastal Carolina, they could have kept they could have kept feeding off of that. But we'll see. Yeah. You know, I love that you bring that up. The the you know, how much can a bye week affect your momentum and your energy? And, you know, I kind of agree, you know, Thomas, it might have been better for the Bobcats if they would have just got that win against Coastal and kept playing. Coastal is one of the best teams in the entire Sun Belt. So if you go off of a team like that to play lower opponents, I think that makes it a lot easier for you. I will say about the the break. I mean, typically, especially in conference play, you play Friday and Saturday, and then you go back to work Friday and Saturday. And their last match was last Friday, the 10th. I mean, it's only a seven-day gap. I feel yeah. like it's a fairly um, similar routine for this Bobcat team. But right now, it's this team needs to find a way to get healthy. K.J. Johnson has been playing with a heavily uh, wrapped knee lately. I mean, you could tell she's moving a lot slower, especially getting to the digs um, a little slower getting up on the jumps. I mean, there's other players as well that you could tell they got some some tape around the body parts, and that's just because the time of the year we're in. I mean, no matter what sport you're playing, you're going to get beat up in the late stages of the year. So I would like to see K.J. Johnson be fresh, but uh, Justin mentioned a really important name, Bailey Hanner. She's had an amazing year. Jed DeFray, she was the Sunbelt Conference Defensive Player of the Year. So, I mean, Texas State has some other pieces that they go, could go through. Uh, Maggie Walsh has had a really good year as well. So, yeah, and the reason I mention all these names is because these girls have to step up, and it can't just be K.J. Johnson leading them to the promised land. This weekend. I'm so glad you mentioned these two names. Exactly what I was about to 
point out. You know, KJ, she not may not be there offensively because of her injury. Mm-hmm. You know, she might have to take some minutes on the bench. But big step up defensively for the Bobcats. Shade DeFree, third in the entire nation in blocks, who has 116 right now. And Bailey Hanner, only two spots behind her, fifth, spl- uh, fifth place in the Sunbelt Conference with 96 blocks of her own. And, I mean, if you look at that Coastal Series, I think you would have to say, this is what I said on the broadcast, the MVP of that series was Bailey Hanner. She had nine blocks that first game, which was a career high for her. And then you see in that second game, she gives you five blocks and still gives you, I think, 12 kills in that second game. So she's doing both things, not only just doing the the defensive side, but the offensive side as well. So I think these pieces are really big for, you know, the Bobcats against Marshall. Absolutely. Justin talking about defensively, but Joey, like you were talking about offensively, you're not going to necessarily, although she's going to be there, you can probably use KJ as a decoy per se, because you have Samantha Wunsch, who is also very capable of leading this team offensively. She was second in the team with kills in with 298 kills right behind KJ. So it's just a matter of Coach Hewitt being able to I guess drop the right scheme and everything to put these girls into the right level of success. Yeah, and I wanted to touch on something real quick before we get out of volleyball. I mean, every year you have the automatic bid in the Sunbelt Conference, but then you also look at RPI, and I was talking with some sources, and top 40 in RPI will will likely get you an automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. Right now, Texas T is sitting at 36 on their RPI, so that's that's right there. They're treading water. So ideally, just go in and win the tournament. They have a chance for an at-large bid. Last year, they were first four out. I mean, that's devastating. You see your name on the possible teams to get announced on ESPN, and then they say, no, you didn't get picked. So Texas State, I mean, they have that kind of life life vest with them of saying, oh, maybe we can lean on RPI. But you know what? Just go in. Win your next three games and get into the uh, NCAA tournament for the first time since 2020. It should be an exciting tournament, and they got a lot to look forward to and a lot to play for. But yes, the Texas State volleyball team is facing off against Marshall Thundering Herd tonight at 7 p.m. You can watch that game on ESPN+. Now we're going to take a transition to another sport, and we're going to be talking Texas State basketball. And let's start first with the Texas State men's team. The men's team is currently 1-2 after taking a tough loss, 93-54 against Oklahoma. But now they have to face their rival, the I-35 rival, one of the best matchups in Texas State every year against the UTSA Roadrunners. Guys, I want to hear y'all's thoughts on this team so far and the players on this team. A lot of injuries, as Joey may have mentioned before the show. How is that going to impact them against UTSA? Yeah, well, we were talking about in volleyball how the injuries are affecting the team late in the year. But Texas State men's basketball, nine out of the 14 guys on this roster have made a start. That is five guys that have not played due to injury or just not playing. But, I mean, I mean, one of the players that has not played is Drew Drennan, and that was one of the biggest stars of not only this past year, but the year before that. Drew Drennan is always in the mix for Texas State men's basketball. you got to think Coach TJ is just waiting for him to come back, and as a result, it's younger guys, guys like Caden Gums, a former standout for the San Marcos Rattlers. I mean, Gums is stepping up. I mean, he had a 14-point game two, um, two games ago whenever they were in Miami of Ohio, but I mean, injuries i mean that's that's the main point right now is injuries are really crushing this team and you you look at it whenever they were in norman oklahoma 
Yeah, Joey, you're right about the injuries, but I don't know if Vegas really cares about the injuries that much because they are opening, well, not opening up, but they're listed right now as seven and a half point favorites right now over UTSA. So that's very interesting to me. But I like what you're talking about. It's really the next man up mentality. And honestly, on the defensive end, because we know defense can lead to offense. And obviously early on in the season, you're still warming up your shot and everything, trying to find your place on the court where you're supposed to be on the court. But something that's always supposed to be there is your defensive intensity, how you're going to play with effort and everything. And so really what I want to see from the Bobcats is how are you going to guard their point guard, UTSA's point guard, Adante Holloman? Are you going to force him to make turnovers are you going to crowd him in the backcourt what type of defensive scheme are you going to bring out against this UTSA team to kind of make up for the fact that you don't necessarily have all of your bodies but you can still force turnovers to get easy points um I mean looking at this Texas State team I mean it kind of sucks we knew it was gonna we knew it was gonna be um a young team coming into the season and I think the most exciting storyline for a lot of people were was to see how Drew Drennan was gonna do as the leader of this team I mean this guy wasn't even the starter last year now it was Mason Harrell and I think we could all agree that this guy was kind of the the floor general now the keys have been handed to Drew Drennan season starts and he's injured you know so that kind of sucks. I mean, it, it sucks to see so many guys down when, when, when we're getting a pretty much a whole new team, a whole new look at this Texas State team. Um, the silver lining is Caden Gums. I mean, he's getting to play right away. He's getting his minutes. Uh, I had this pulled up, but Caden Gums had a little bit of a rough game, three for 14 uh, from the field with nine points. So not his best game. He's a freshman. So. I think the, the the good thing about this, look, we're, we're playing OU. It's a really tough game, obviously, but uh, Kanan Gums is going to get a lot of minutes, and, and that's good to see. Hopefully we get all the guys out there uh, healthy again so we can see what this team is truly about. Yeah, you know, we talk about this team needing to get healthy and, you know, against some good opponents. And you talk about Drew Drennan. Drew Drennan, yeah, I, I was excited to see him lead the team. Mm-hmm. You know, someone that had to sit behind, uh, you know, sit on the bench, his career and now he had an opportunity to to play but now he's you know dealing with an injury we'll see how he comes back it could be something like mason harrell coming back and it actually helps you in the long run it depends on how long these injuries are uh one one thing i've noticed if you look at that oklahoma game you know since this team has no other players their bench points are only 12 points they got outscored by 32 points in that category and bench points so you know one player though i know who has stepped up big that i need to talk about talk about joey has mentioned is josh agaro mm-hmm. and this guy joshua agaro he has been really stepping up for this team someone that was under the radar uh for for the bobcats and i believe he's a transfer is that correct joey yeah he transferred uh last year and in his time, he was averaging 20 points a game. He comes from uh, Colby, Colby College, and he also spent some time at San Jose State and Oklahoma. So, I mean, he's got some pretty big-name um, talent to him. I mean, he's already had two games above, uh, scoring 10 points. He's averaging, I believe it's 10 points a game right now. I mean, he's been good off the bench. So, I mean, that's a guy that's stepping up, and that's going to be the theme of the season. Everybody's stepping up. And then just going back to David's point earlier, out of the – out of the nine people that have played, only three of those Bobcats played on last year's team. I mean, that's just showing this team has built a lot of chemistry. Luckily, we're not even close to March right now. 
Yeah, I mean, you got to get on the floor, right, to build that chemistry, though. So let's see how this team can do that. Yeah, one one more thing I want to mention is I had a chance to talk to Davion Sykes earlier this year, who is another player that wasn't on the lineup in the, in the game against Oklahoma, and he told me that the locker room has been, like, it's never been better. The, the relationship with Coach TJ has never been better. So, you know, that's why I say that, I was really excited for this team, you know, because he told me like he genuinely meant it. He genuinely meant that the the players were clicking, you know, they were all joking around. Um, I don't know. So, I mean, it kind of it kind of sucks again, but I just hope they can get healthy. So their chemistry will show will be showing tonight on the court against UTSA. That game is going to start, I believe, at 715. Go to the game. Yeah, go to the (laughs) game. But a game that's going to be happening inside Strand Arena before that, and you'll be able to hear it on KTSW 89.9, is the Texas State women's basketball team facing off against UTRGB Vaqueros. And this game is going to be starting at 5 p.m. pregame at 445. But let's talk about this team so far. Right now, they got two big wins over teams such as Bowling Green and Arlington Baptist. 74-48 win over Bowling Green and a 90-48 win over Arlington Baptist. Now, these two teams, not very powerful teams. You know, Arlington Baptist is actually a Division II team. And, uh, you know, we look at players on this team so far. Janiah Henson leads the ball squad with 12.5 points per game. But I want to hear your thoughts on this women's basketball team. Is this, you know, it's a new team. A lot of seniors from last year are gone. You know, Denasia Hood, Kennedy Taylor, you know, Tiani Eaton. That whole lineup has completely changed. What do you all think about this new team? Yeah. Here you go, Thomas. Yeah, we (laughs) always talk about it in the world of sports, how the transfer, transfer portal can give and take away. And Texas State really got lucky on how it really gave to the program. I mean, we look at this entire starting lineup. All five starters for this Texas State women's basketball team come from the transfer portal. And the player that you just named, Justin, Janiah Henson, well, let's talk about how good she is for a second. I mean, she's averaging 12 and a half points this early on this year, but she transferred over from Morgan State University and HBCU on the East Coast there. And she averaged 14 points per game last year. But not only was she great last year there, her sophomore season, she saw, she shot over 35% from three. So that lets you know that she has that bucket getter mentality and she's able to score points. Well, here was my thought at the start of the season whenever I saw Arlington Baptist. And every year when I see that matchup, I'm like, how much does this really benefit this Texas State team? But then, as y'all are mentioning, I mean, all those girls that were so used to seeing in Texas State women's basketball, Denasia Hood, Kennedy Taylor, Tiana Eden, they're all gone. So they have to learn how to play basketball with one another. I mean, there's really nobody on this team that that was really on top of the team last year. So playing these matches early in the season that builds the confidence, that is why these, these first two games have been where the Texas State women's basketball team has been able to show what they're about. And then... Uh, Thomas, you were just mentioning a player. I want to mention a player as well. Uh, Garibet Self, I mean, the transfer from ULM, she was on fire against Bowling Green. Uh, she had 11 points, and she shot 50% from three-point land. Three I six. mean, yeah, she she was shooting the ball well. So, I mean, similar to the men's team, building the chemistry, and that will hopefully go in the long term and make this a better program. Yeah, honestly, I like the call, especially even this game against RGV. With all due respect to them, still a uh, – Pretty good basketball program, but for Texas State, I like to call this a cohesion game as well as the last two games. I think the stars are aligning for this Texas State women's team, and like you said, Joe, it's very similar to the men's team in terms of how many or 
I guess, how many not returning faces they have coming into this team. The good thing for them is they're playing a lot of teams that aren't really big name teams. So, and they're taking care of business too. Over 25 point wins in both of their first two games, which, you know, that goes to show you that, you know, that's good. Contrary to the men's team, they're healthy. They got their, their good players out there and they're taking care of business. So we'll just have to see. We'll have to see how the season plays out. Yeah, we will have to see, you know, this UTRGV team coming off of two tough losses. They got a one-point loss against FIU, and then before that, they got they lost by 35 points, I believe, to Texas Tech. So this UTRGV team trying to bounce things back, and Texas State women's basketball trying to keep things going. That game will be on at 4.45 p.m. on KTSW 89.9, where you can hear me, Justin Brown, and Thomas Terry on the call this afternoon. But, yes, let's throw it to Joey. For a word from our weather report right here. Wow, well, it is a beautiful day outside. I didn't see too many clouds in the sky. It says it's partly cloudy, 67 degrees outside, and it will continue to get warmer as the day moves on. So a high of 80 by 4 p.m., and we're mm. almost to Thanksgiving. So here's my challenge to everybody. Go get your workout in. Go for a run. Go for a bike. Go uh, for a swim. Do something challenging. It'll make you 1% better every day, and go win the day and win the week and win the year. Like wow, that. that was inspirational. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, this that's coming from a half Ironman run, so <laughs> don't get yourself... Uh, yeah, but yeah, look, look. one mile. That's all it takes. I'll, you know, I'll go run a mile right after this. <laughs> Absolutely Why not. Why not? Right in my uh, everybody come join. Yeah. Yeah. My <laughs> my new balances. Um, yes. But yes, thank you all for listening to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. Don't worry. We have a Monday edition coming next week. And if you want to stay up to date with all Texas State and San Marcos news, follow KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. But for Joey Gonzalez, Tom, Thomas Terry, and David Castaneda, this was Justin Brown, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.